How are you feeling, Woodlands Church? Yeah. You guys look good. Um, I know you're excited, and we're so glad that you're here. And more importantly, God is here to make a difference in our lives. We just started this series we're calling Jesus Uncensored because I believe we've sort of censored the real Jesus through the centuries. We've sort of sanitized Jesus. You know, we tried to take Jesus and put him into our own little mold of what we want him to be so we can be more comfortable with how we live our lives. But you can't put Jesus into your own little mold of understanding. You can't pigeonhole Jesus with our modern labels. I mean, Jesus' teaching was powerful and disturbing and comforting and terrible and completely refreshing all at the same time. He was a friend of sinners, and yet he never sinned. He was the most divisive person who ever lived, and he was the most unifying person who ever lived. You see, Jesus Christ, being in his presence, was the safest place you could ever be, and it was the most dangerous place you could ever be. He was the most extraordinary person who ever lived, and yet he looked like one of the most ordinary people who ever walked this planet. We can't pigeonhole Jesus Christ. He came to earth as the greatest underdog in history, and yet he rules all of history. History is his story. He was all-powerful, and yet he was a vulnerable human being. He was the son of God, he was the son of man. You see, creation shows us that God is big. Jesus showed us that God is also little. I mean, think about it for a moment. We know Jesus was God, and yet he was totally man, and we can't comprehend that in our finite minds. And many times, it's hard for us to think of Jesus being fully human. It's hard for us to understand how vulnerable he was. But just think about it for a moment. The God who blasted the universe into existence, the God who could snap his fingers and destroy nations and empires, this same God was born as a baby in an animal shelter, totally dependent on a teenage mother to take care of him. He couldn't talk, couldn't roll over, much less take a step. It couldn't control his bladder or eat solid food. It's amazing to think about. You see, we know that God is big, that God is greater than we could ever fathom or comprehend, but God is also little. He cares about every detail of our lives. He cares about every hurt that you're going through. He notices it all, and he cares about it all. It's just impossible to contain Jesus into our own little mold of understanding. We have to let Christ be Christ. We have to let God be God in our lives because he will not be contained. Now, when most non-Christians, even most Christians think about Jesus, we usually think of someone who's really spiritual, really serious, maybe really compassionate, but boring. But Jesus was anything but boring. In Mark 12, 37, it says, the large crowd listened to him, Jesus, with delight. 
People love listening to the Son of God because he was anything but boring. He used a lot of humor in his messages to get his point across. He, he taught with authority and such power. I mean, he was anything but boring. People love listening to Jesus Christ. Now, when most people think of church, what do they think of? They think of boring. But church shouldn't be something that you endure. It should be something you enjoy. It should be the most enjoyable place you ever go. It should be the most challenging place, the most dangerous place, the most life-changing place that you ever go. That's what church should be. Church isn't something that you endure. It's something that you enjoy. In Luke 7, 34, it says, the Son of Man came enjoying life. Jesus enjoyed life. Now, most people don't enjoy life. They just endure life. That's because they mistakenly think that for them to be able to enjoy life, they have to get rid of all their problems and all the pressures and everything has to be perfect in their circumstances before they can really enjoy life. But there's no such thing as a problem-free life. And if you're ever going to learn to be truly joyful, you have to learn it right in the middle of the problems and the pressures and the heartaches and the stresses of life. That's where you learn joy. I mean, Jesus had more problems and heartaches and pressures than anyone who ever lived. He carried the weight of the world on his shoulders, and yet he was the most joyful person who ever lived. That's because he didn't give in to despair. He always chose joy. I mean, think about it. He experienced the deepest grief. He was betrayed and rejected, and yet he was the most joyful person who ever lived because he understood that you choose joy and then you receive it as a gift and then it wells up within you like a river that flows so deeply that no circumstance can change it. And it's a river that rushes in and destroys despair. Make no mistake about it, Jesus was and still is the greatest danger to despair. He is the great destroyer of despair and he wants to destroy the despair in your life today. I don't know if you came in here feeling despair, feeling down, feeling discouraged, feeling overwhelmed, but Jesus Christ wants to teach you today how you can experience the joy of the Lord that renews your strength, the joy of the Lord that holds you up and will never let you go. So I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, and would you stand in honor of God's word? And I want to welcome all you guys at Woodland Church Atascacita and everyone at Woodland Church North Point and all of you here in the Woodlands. Um, it's amazing what God is doing through Woodlands Church right now. I know so many of you are connected online. We welcome you. We have thousands of you worshiping with us through our broadcast and online ministry. And as long as we're connected, that's what it's all about. We've got to stay connected during these times. We need each other. And we connect to the Lord and to each other, and he holds us up. So just follow along with me. Listen to the words of Jesus. To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. Dear God, I thank you that you want us to experience your joy. And what a great opportunity to do that during stressful times, during trying times. Lord, during difficult days. And so we pray that you would just 
Give us that gift today. Lord, I know that you know what everyone is going through. So I pray that you would meet everyone right at the point of their deepest hurt and their deepest need. And I pray that you would bring healing there and replace that hurt with deep joy that no circumstance can take away. Lord, we thank you that that's one of the greatest miracles of all is to experience joy. A joy that the world can't understand, but a joy, Lord, that just changes everything. So do that in the next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Here, Jesus was telling the people, you're missing out on life. He was saying, I sang the sad song for you so that you'd be sorrowful for your sins and repent, but you didn't cry. You were unmoved. And then he says, I sang the joyful song for you. I sang the happy song for you, and yet you didn't dance. He said, I sang this song of what your life could be, this joyful song, and you didn't dance. He says, you didn't cry, you didn't laugh, you didn't dance, you didn't live, because you're always waiting for everything to be perfect before you danced, before you lived. You see, they were waiting for the Messiah, and the Messiah was right there under their nose. And a lot of times we're waiting for, oh, this one day when everything's gonna be great, everything's gonna be perfect, there's gonna be no more stresses, and then we'll enjoy life. Then everything will be wonderful. But that day never comes. The only place you'll ever find joy is in the middle of problems, in the middle of real life. And Jesus said, I'm the Lord of the dance, and I wanna teach you how to dance in the middle of the difficulties of your life. I'm the Lord of the dance, and I don't want you to wait to dance until it's too late. I want you to learn to dance right in the middle of your difficulties because that's the only place you can learn to dance. Friedrich Nietzsche, the German philosopher and atheist who started the God is Dead movement, once wrote a letter to a friend, and he said this. If these Christians want me to believe in their God, they'll have to sing better songs. They'll have to look more like people who've been saved. They'll have to wear on their countenance the joy of the Beatitudes. I can only believe in a God who dances. What Nietzsche failed to realize is that God, who is very much alive, is a God who dances. The problem is most Christians don't dance. And I'm not talking about those of you who are raised Baptist and weren't allowed to dance. I'm talking about dancing in the joy of the Lord and life. You know, I mean, I'm talking about real dancing, that dance of joy. Well, the Lord of the Dance wants to give us some dance lessons today. And I put in an acrostic of the word dance so you'd remember it a little better. He wants us to learn the dance of joy in life's difficulties. First, don't take yourself too seriously. Instead, surrender control to God. That's one of our biggest problems is we take ourselves far too seriously. We're always taking ourselves far too seriously. We don't take God seriously enough. We don't learn to laugh at ourselves. We don't learn to enjoy each and every moment. Author Tim Hansel talks about an elderly friend that he had that he was talking to one day, and he said he respected this guy so much because you know, he was just so godly, and he just exuded contentment and confidence and wisdom. And one day Hansel said, what's your secret? And he said, you know, Tim, the older I get, 
the less importance I place on material things. And then he paused for a moment, he said, come to think of it, the less importance I place on importance. I mean, how profound is that? We're always placing so much importance on importance. We're always trying to be important. We're always wondering where we stack up next to everyone else. We're always trying to be unique and to stand out so that we'll be significant. And if you're a Christ follower, God says, you already are unique. You already stand out. You're a child of God. You're righteous in Christ. There's no one else in the world like you. God says, when I made you, I broke the mold. You're totally unique, so stop trying to be unique. Stop trying to stand out because you already do. You already are. And the more you try to be important, the more you try to be unique and stand out, the more you become like everyone else who just worries about how many followers you have and how many people are noticing you and how many people are like you. God says, stop placing such importance on importance and and start placing importance on me, putting me first, surrendering control to the Lord. We take ourselves far too seriously. We don't take God seriously enough, and we try to control things that only God can control. One of the real evidences that God is real and alive in our lives is that we dance during difficult times in our lives. I mean, anybody can dance when everything is perfect. Anybody can dance when everything's going great. Anybody can celebrate when everything is going your way, but it doesn't take anything to do that. I mean, if you can't dance when things are difficult, then what good is your faith? I mean, everybody can dance at Disney World, the happiest place on earth. I remember years ago when my kids were in grade school, it was a really busy time in our lives and ministry, and, and a church invited me to come speak at a conference in Florida next to Disney, and they said, we'll pay for your whole family, and, and you could take a couple of days afterwards if you can and go to Disney World, and, and I thought, you know, it's been so stressful and so crazy, so let's do that. So we went to Disney World, and when we got there, we saw the sign, the happiest place on earth, and I said, Chris, we really need this, don't we? I mean, this is gonna be a blast, you know? No stresses, just have fun. And, but it was a holiday weekend, and it was packed. And it, it was so crowded, and it was hot and humid. It was one of those days, you know. And so we got into the park, and we went to the first ride. The kids really wanted to ride first, and we saw the sign that said a 60-minute wait. I, go, Ugh. I said, I'm not waiting 60 minutes for that ride. That's awful. I said, what else do you want to ride? And they told me, and we went over to that ride, and it was a 90-minute wait. Every ride was at least a 45 to 90-minute wait. And we're like, oh. So we went back to the 60-minute wait, got back in line, started again at the back of the line, and I'm telling you, there was no one in the Shook family who believed Disney World was the happiest place on earth at that moment. I mean, it was the most crowded place on earth. It was the hottest place on earth. It was the most expensive place on earth to me, though the kids didn't care. But we were not happy. But then this young lady walked up to us who worked for Disney World, and she had a name badge that said Courtney, and she said, 
would you guys like to come to the front of the line? And we said, yeah. And she, you just look hot and tired. And, and I said, yeah, we are. And she said, well, just come to the front of the line with me. And we went up to the front of the line with her and she cut off 59 minutes from our wait. She brought us right next to the first person in line, this woman with a T-shirt that had Isaiah 40, 31 on the back of her T-shirt. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar like on wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not faint. And so Chris and I just looked at each other. Okay, God, we get it. You want us just to enjoy you and, and not gripe and not grumble. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. And, and we went on that roller coaster and we got off the roller coaster and the first person to greet us when we got off was Courtney. And she said, would you guys like to do that ride again? We go, yeah. And she took us right back to the front of the line, cut off 59 minutes again, and we rode it again. And when we got off, the first person that met us was Courtney. And she said, you guys, I know you were talking about a ride, that ride over there you wanted to ride that's a 90-minute wait. I've got a little card here for you. If you'll take this card over there, then you can go right to the front of the line over there. And we go, thank you. And, and we said, Courtney, why are you being so nice to us? She said, you guys just look hot and tired and unhappy, and I just wanted to do this for you. And we said, thank you so much. I guess she was just paid to go around looking for people that look really unhappy in the happiest place on earth and turn it around. It's like, she was the turnaround, you know? It's like, that's what you do. Make the grumpiest people you see, make them happy. And as she was walking off, Chris said, Courtney, what's your last name? And she said, Angel. And we just looked at each other. Yep. Yep. I don't know if she was a real angel or if she was just an angel to us that day. But we changed our whole attitude. We had the greatest attitude ever because it was an amazing day. My kids were saying very unusual things to me like, Dad, you're the greatest dad in the world. We love you so much. And I said, y'all are the greatest kids any dad could ever have. I mean, we were just the happiest family in the happiest place on earth, just thanking God. Wow, what a day. He sent an angel just so that we could get in front of everybody else in line. How awesome. That's, the, that's God's hand of favor upon us. And we were just rejoicing. And then... We got home, and within 48 hours, everyone in our family had the flu, and it hit hard. And we all had over 102 fever. We were nauseated. We were not happy. It was not pleasant around the Shook house. And Chris and I, we just thought about it. Wow, you know, we go from being so happy to being so miserable. And that's the way circumstances are. And if you could live at Disney World all the time with Angel helping you go to the front of the line, you wouldn't need this message. But you need this message because that's not real life. You need this message because you're gonna have difficult days and problems and pressures and stresses. But you can still dance. He wants us to learn how to dance. And we dance when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and we surrender control of our circumstances to God. Look at Matthew 5.3. It's the be happy attitudes. The be attitudes have been called that, the be happy attitudes, because the very beginning starts blessed, and that word blessed literally means, oh, how joyful. 
And so Jesus said in Matthew 5, 3, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and his rule. So how many of you feel like you're at the end of your rope today? You're in a good place. You got a chance to dance. When you come to the end of your rope, you will find God's greatest dance floor. You have a chance to dance. It's only at the end of your rope that you can really learn to dance the dance of joy with the Lord of the dance. Because as long as you're taking yourself too seriously, you're trying to play God, you're trying to hold on to those circumstances and control things and fix things, you'll never dance. But it doesn't matter what you're going through. Everything around you can be crazy, but when you let go to God who is in control, you can dance, you can dance the dance of joy. There's no problem in your life. There's nothing that boxes you in that God cannot smash the walls down and turn it into a dance floor upon which you can dance the dance of joy right in the middle of your circumstances. So are you at the end of your rope? It's a good place to be. You got a chance to dance when you surrender to God. Whenever I lose my joy, it's always because I'm taking myself too seriously and I'm not giving control to God. But I want you to look at a second dance lesson. A is adjust your attitude and choose joy. Really, there's a dance floor in every circumstance. You've just got to see it with God's eyes. And you've got to choose joy. Now, joy is a gift you can't earn or deserve, and it hits us in the most unsuspecting places. It arises from problems and pain many times, even grief. We experience joy that's a gift from God, but you have to choose what you focus on or you'll miss the dance floor. In James 1, verse two, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, focus in on that phrase, consider it an opportunity for great joy. When you experience troubles, it's an opportunity to experience great joy because you can't experience joy when everything is perfect in your life. The good news is things are never perfect. But you can only experience joy when you're going through trouble and difficulty and you ask the Lord to fill you with his joy and you choose as an act of your will to focus on God rather than your circumstances and you surrender those circumstances to God, and you choose joy, and then it hits you in such a surprising way that you're filled with joy. I'm not talking about jumping up and down, and I'm not talking about happiness, which depends on your happenings around you being perfect. I'm talking about real joy that nobody can take away, that circumstances cannot deny. It's a joy from the Lord. And when you discover that, you discover the secret of joy then you know you can be joyful no matter what. You can experience joy no matter what you're going through. Your greatest opportunity to experience joy is in the middle of your greatest problem, so are you experiencing a difficulty, a problem, a trial right now? A hurt, grief, heartache. You can experience joy right in the middle of it. Choose joy, choose to focus on the Lord and surrender everything to him. But then in, our next dance lesson is nourish your soul and pour out your heart to God. 
nourish your soul and pour out your heart to God. In Mark 1.35, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You see, even the Son of God needed to nourish his soul. In his human body, he needed to nourish that soul. And we think that we're just a physical being, but we're also a spiritual being. And we need to nourish our souls. When our souls start running on empty, there's no way that we can be filled with joy. And so when our circumstances get difficult, we have to spend time with God, even 10, 15 minutes reading his word, praying, just being silent before God and letting him nourish our soul because whatever you nourish will begin to flourish. If you nourish your fears, your fears will flourish. You nourish your worries, your worries will take over. If you nourish your soul and you feed your faith, your faith will grow. Your faith and your soul will be nourished and you'll be able to have joy no matter what. Christians lose joy because we take ourselves too seriously and we don't take God seriously enough. We don't take meeting with God seriously enough. We don't realize how important we need God. We think we're too busy, but really we're too busy not to spend time with God. We need him desperately. That's why we're doing this journey with Jesus. Every morning at 8 a.m. on our social media platforms, Chris and I are doing a devotional a video devotion. We're going through the book of John. We're calling it A Journey with Jesus right now. It's just five, 10 minutes every morning. And if you miss it at 8 a.m., we keep it up. And so you ought to connect and connect with us as we're just going through chapter by chapter of the book of John, seeing the real Jesus through John's eyes. And you become like the people you spend time with. So if you spend time with Jesus, you'll be more like him. Two things can change your life more than anything. The books you read and the people you hang out with. So you read God's word and you hang out with Jesus Christ, you're gonna become more like him, it's gonna change your life forever. And so every day we're doing this, Monday through Friday, video devotional, journey with Jesus, don't miss it. Well, Isaiah 53.3 describes Jesus. One facet of what he was like that's so important. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief, we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. See, Jesus Christ, the most joyful person who ever lived, also experienced the deepest grief of anyone who's ever lived. He experienced heartache. He was acquainted with sorrow and the deepest kind of grief. And a lot of times we think that grief and joy cannot coexist, but so many times the greatest joy comes out of our deepest grief. We have to learn to grieve our losses and our hurts. If you stuff down your grief and you don't cry and you don't express it and you don't go to God and pour your heart out to him, then it's gonna come out in some way. A lot of times in a midlife crisis. I see it all the time. A lot of times with men who don't know how to express their grief, they go through a heartache or hurt, they stuff it in, they just keep going and then boom, they just derail, their whole life derails because that grief has to come out. And that's why we have to pour our hearts out to God. And when you choose joy, you choose an attitude of prayer over worry, you choose an attitude of gratitude over grumbling, you choose an attitude of faith over fear, 
but yet you've got to pour your heart out to God. You see, a lot of times we grumble to everyone else and we don't choose joy, but God says, I want you just to pour your heart out to me. Just, I can take it. And when you're grieving and you're hurting, you've gotta be able to go to God and go, God, this stinks, I don't like it, I don't get it. But I come to you and pour my heart out to you because you're my only hope. I need you. And you just pour it all out to God and you grieve and you cry. Jesus wept. We're not very good at grieving in our culture today because we don't know what to say to someone who's grieving, who's hurting, whose heart is broken and devastated. And a lot of times, we just want them to start getting happy again. We don't know what to do. We feel uncomfortable around them. The great thing is, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is just be with them in their grief. Be with them. Husbands and wives, many times, are always trying to make each other happy. You can't do that. You can't make another human being happy, but you can be with them in their hurt. You can be with them in their joy. You can weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And that's what we're called to do as Christ followers. See, joy is not pretending that everything's okay. Joy is not being happy and jumping up and down. Yay, it's wonderful. Joy comes from deep within, and it can happen in the middle of your deepest grief as you're pouring out your heart to God. You see, Jesus Christ was despised, and he was rejected. We turned our backs on him, the scripture says. He was despised, but he never gave in to despair. He poured out his heart and his grief to his father. And maybe you feel rejected, heartbroken, and despised, but you don't have to give in to despair. Jesus, the great destroyer of despair, wants to destroy the despair in your heart right now and fill you with joy. You need to grieve. Don't set a timetable on grieving your losses. Don't think something's wrong with you because you're grieving. You need to grieve. And when there's someone grieving in your life, don't try to get them happy. Don't try to make them come around and everything be okay. Don't try to fix it. Just be with them in their heartache. That's what Jesus did. But I believe with all my heart, we don't have to give in to despair. That he will destroy the despair and replace it with joy that no one can explain. But then I want you to see the next dance lesson. See, is commit to a cause greater than yourself. You'll never be happy when you're just living for yourself. You'll never experience joy just by living for yourself. And one of the problems that we face when we're going through pain and difficulties in our lives is we get inward. And it's a paradox of life. When you start helping bring joy to someone else, God fills you with joy. Jesus said in John 17, 18, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. God says, I I give you a mission that's greater than yourself that will outlast you. You focus on your mission of bringing joy to others and bringing others into the kingdom of God and you'll be filled with joy. That's one of the things that I love about you guys. I love this church for the over 100 missions and ministries because we're always reaching out to others and when we're going through difficulties and a lot of times you know, we forget about Others, when we're going through difficulties and pain and problems, and during the pandemic and the economic turndown and all the things that have gone on, you know, we've been ministering at Willen Church to thousands of people in our area, thousands of people in Houston, in, in all areas 
of Houston. And we've been making a big difference with God's grace and power, but I'm so glad to say that we continue to do all of our ministries to the poor and powerless all over the world. We just said, God, we're gonna do it, and we depend on you to provide because we believe they need it as well, and there's devastation all over the place. And so we're just gonna keep doing more than we've ever done. We're gonna stretch more than we've ever stretched because it's our mission, it's our mission to make an impact, to make a difference. And a lot of times we just think about what we're going through. But I want you to know at Woodland Church, we don't just do that because we know the reason we're a joyful church is because we don't just focus on ourselves. Some of you may not have realized, but um, just last week, Hurricane Eta was devastating to Honduras and parts of Central America. And you know we've been ministering in Baton Rouge and areas that have been hit by some of these hurricanes and Louisiana and Florida and other places making a big difference with our disaster relief teams. But we have a, a ministry in Honduras that we've had for years. It's led by our pastor, Melvin Flores, who's making such an impact. And many of you have gone on mission trips down there to make an impact, but they just got clobbered by this Hurricane Eta last week. And tomorrow, another one is coming. And so we're there helping them with resources, with the finances they need to bring food, to bring clean water, to bring hygiene, to bring cleanup and repair and restoration and hope to the people right there in Honduras that we ministered to. And I wanted you to hear from Pastor Melvin. Just watch. Yeah, we forget, don't we, that so many are hurting in so many ways and we can get inward, but I'm so grateful that whether it's India or Kenya or Malawi or Haiti and Central America, all over the world, we minister to make an impact to the poor and powerless. And, and even though we're doing more than we've ever done all around us with so many people hurting, it's so important for joy to fill us up, we have to fill others with joy and hope in the middle of despair. Because Jesus Christ wants to destroy despair all over this world. He's the light and the darkness. And so I'm just so proud of what God is doing through you. We commit to a cause greater than ourselves. Philippians 1.21 says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. See, Paul knew his purpose. He wasn't dancing for everyone else. He wasn't dancing to everyone else's tune. He was dancing for the audience of one. And that's how you're filled with joy. When you dance to everyone else's tune, trying to please everyone else, that is a dance that will wear you out and will leave you completely empty. But when you dance for the audience of one, he fills you with joy because he's the Lord of the dance. I want you just to fill in the blank. For me to live is, and you say Christ? For me to live is. For me to live is possessions. You might say that. For me to live is pleasure. For me to live is comfort. For me to live is to be known. For me to live is fame. For me to live is prestige. For me to live is accomplishments. For me to live is success. Nothing wrong with those things, but they will never satisfy. They'll never give you joy until you come to the place where you can say, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so I surrender all to him. Then you're filled with joy.
That brings me to the last dense step. Enjoy the moment and stop waiting to live. Paul Turnier said, the greatest tragedy in life is that most people spend their entire lives indefinitely preparing to live. They're always preparing to live. It's like, well, one day when I retire, or one day when I get through this problem, or one day when we get this fixed up, one day when we get through this. They're always preparing to live, and they come to the end of their life, and they didn't live. They didn't laugh, they didn't cry, they didn't dance, they didn't live. We have to come to the place, folks, where we realize this is it, this is our life on earth. This is that brief moment upon earth in which we can live and love and show the Lord how much we love him before we enter eternity. This is your life. Have you ever believed Satan's greatest lie? When things settle down, then I'll really live for God. When things settle down, I'll really do the most important things. When things settle down, have you ever believed that when things settle down? Things are never gonna settle down, let me just tell you. This is life. This is your life. It's hectic, it's busy, it's amazing, it's beautiful, it's painful, it's crowded, it's wonderful, all at the same time. When are you gonna realize this is it, this is your life, this is your chance, this is your moment? The psalmist said in Psalm 118, 24, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be full of joy and be glad in it. It doesn't say yesterday's the day the Lord has made or tomorrow's the day the Lord will make. It's this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in this day. You know, we've all, if we're honest, been thinking it'll sure be great when 2020 is over. It'll sure be great. It's like, it's you know, every time something bad happens, you go, well, it's 2020. Of course. Murder hornets in my backyard. Yep, 2020. It's 2020. And we're all waiting for 2020 to be over, but God just convicted me recently that this is the day the Lord hath made. This is the day of joy, and if we just wait for 2020 to be over, we will miss the day of joy. We will miss the joy of the Lord. We will miss the miracle that's in the moment. We're always waiting to live, always waiting to live, always waiting to live. Stop waiting to live. Today is your someday. Today is your someday to let Christ have full control of your life. Today is your someday to begin following him with all your heart. Today is your someday to step out in faith and be the man or woman God has called you to be. Today is your someday. I believe with all my heart 2020 is gonna be the greatest year of joy that you've ever experienced. You say, well, it's been the greatest year of problems that I've ever experienced. That means it's your greatest opportunity to dance, to really be filled with joy. But you gotta come to the end of your rope, and at the end of your rope, you'll find God's dance floor already, and the Lord of the dance inviting you onto the dance floor to dance the dance of joy that no one can steal, and no one can take away, and no one can stop the dance of the Lord of the dance. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we love you. I know that so many times I let circumstances take away the joy that you wanna fill me with. 
And Lord, I just pray right now that every one of us would realize this is the moment, this is the day that you have made. So Lord, let us be full of joy and rejoice in it and live it all out. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with joy at our deepest hurts. I pray for those who are going through grief and pain and loss that you would just be there to comfort them as only you can. And Lord, I pray for those who have just been looking at all of the things in their life. Maybe it's a health crisis or a financial crisis. Maybe it's just stress, depression, anxiety, whatever it is, Lord, and help them see that this is their greatest opportunity to dance, and only you can do that. Give them the joy that can't be explained any other way. Fill us with your joy as we follow you. And I pray for those who've never received your joy, they've never received you into their life, that they would just pray right now, Jesus Christ, come into my life and forgive me of all my sins. Be my Lord. I need you. I accept your free gift of heaven and salvation. Fill me up with joy. I wanna follow you from now on. And Lord, I just pray in the next few days and weeks as we finish out 2020, don't let us miss the miracle that's in this moment. Don't let us look forward to something else when the miracle's in the now. And I thank you, Lord, as we move into Thanksgiving, as we move into Christmas, Lord, you wanna do some amazing miracles in our lives. Don't let us miss them, Lord. Help us walk with arms open wide to receive all that you wanna give us. And then, Lord, help us walk with our hands open to give whatever you want us to give, to make a difference, to give joy, to those around us and those around the world. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, now we're at the point of our service where we give back to God. And the way we give, if you're at one of our campuses, Woodlands Church at Tascacita, North Point here in the Woodlands, is you take out your smartphone. You can take out your smartphone and that's how you give. You text the word GIVEWC to 77977. And I really encourage you not only to take out your smartphone and to give, but also get the Woodlands Church app because on that app, you get the sermon notes, you get the bulletin, you get all the things going on, and um, that's how, you know, we don't have the paper anymore or passing out. It's just, that's how you do it. And so you give by texting the word GIVEWC, one word, to 77977. Or you can go online, wc.org slash give if you're worshiping online, wc.org slash give. Or you can mail in your check to One Fellowship Drive, the Woodlands 77384. You can give stocks or assets. You can give, but we can't give the same amount. I say it all the time, but we can all give. We can all give, and we can all put God first in our finances. We can all honor God, because when you honor God, it opens up the door of blessing. When we dishonor, it blocks blessing. But we honor him through our gifts, through our worship, through our lives. And so as you give, thank the Lord for all that he's given you and give to him out of a heart of love, and then pray that he'll multiply it, and then thank him that he's gonna give back to you more than you could ever give. And let's stand together, and let's sing a song of declaration because we know the Lord can do anything, and he wants to do a miracle in your life this week. And as you walk with your arms open wide to receive his miracles, and your hands wide open to give, you're blessed to be a blessing. And God wants you to learn joy in the middle of it all so that we can sing joy to the world when it comes to Christmas and mean it with all of our hearts. So let's sing to the Lord. 
Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.